The classic metal show. Hmm. That sounds very familiar. Very suspicious. Very predator-like. Anyway, Chris Hansen here of Hansen vs. Predators, and to catch a predator, you know, I'm going to need everybody to have a seat because I've been going through some transcripts in a recent predator case involving teachers, and I just need you to know that I'll be submitting those cases to Judge Aiken for a ruling, all right? So in the meantime, behave yourselves, and remember, I'll be watching. Oh, and uh, hail and kill. All right, take care. under lock and key release it is docking with lightning strikes again that one going out by request to uh sal for shelly in the chat room and to annoy jackal well you should have played it four hours ago when sal was still awake <laughs> we also heard uh blood union for skippy okay and we heard uh steel heart for our good friend um Ruben Mascuda. Oh, Ruben. Yeah, he checked in. He said he said he liked uh, everyone loves Eileen. Yeah, the Steelheart guy, right? Yeah. You interviewed him. I did. Nice guy. Yeah. He's recovering from something, too. He had something happen to him. Like, I don't know if it's cancer or what, but something happened to him recently where he was in the hospital for a while. Yeah, he's definitely nuts and a vice guy. Yeah, well. Yeah, he is. He can still bring it, though. He, he he refers to himself as your fan in Oregon. Who does? Ruben? Ruben does. It's like, mm. Ruben, you're kind of like an accomplished journalist, mm. music journalist, writer, mm. guy, you know? Yeah, we know who you are, Ruben. <laughs> you're Ruben fan. in Oregon, checking in. You're fan in Oregon. Yeah, the thanks. gave us such a great... Uh, you know, description of his uh, Monsters of Rock cruise. Yeah, people loved that. <laughs> that was hysterical. Not a lot of people agreed with it on those boards, though. The 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 Monsters of Rock people, they were not happy that Ruben yeah. told it the way he saw he, it. He, he told his opinion. I mean, is there a right and wrong opinion? I mean, he paid the money. He paid a lot of money. He paid an, ex an exorbitant what, amount of money. What did he say? It was ten grand. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think he, he said twelve. Or twelve grand between his flights and hotels and the cruise and all that shit. Mm-hmm. I spent twelve grand in a week. Yeah. That's that's a that's a quarter of a lot of people's salary for a whole year. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he spent a lot of money. So good and good for him for not just lying about it as far as I'm concerned. You know, a lot of people if they spent that much would not come back and say, Yeah, it kind of sucked. Well, our good friend Wes, he he talked about his uh, Def Leppard cruise. True, and and that you know, still people, even though that was years ago, still people say that was the funniest goddamn thing ever. Well, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know, people enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, but again, there's no right or wrong opinion. I mean, if these people are going to spend thousands, and I mean thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm go on a cruise they have the right to give their thoughts and opinion on it whether yeah. you agree with it or not it doesn't matter it's just these guys spent the money they went they were there they were in attendance 
It's yeah. like, uh, are you going to argue the fact that uh, they didn't witness what they witnessed? Yeah. I mean, Ruben spent $2,000 a day for the privilege to review that show. Yeah. 2000 a, a day. That's a, that's a chunk of change. That's a lot of dough. I mean, I, I do all right for myself, but I would have never, I would have never taken that kiss cruise on my own. Of course not. I did last October. That's a, like I said before, that was the first time I ever took a cruise. Right. But had I not been, uh, asked to, you know, go, I, I would have never done that. Yeah. I, I mean, dude, there's, I, I get that there's people in the world that love those kind of excursions and whatnot. And, and God bless them. If that's, if that's your deal that, you know, you need to get out there and mix it up once a year and that's your big thing. But yeah, I'm with you. There's a reason I haven't gone on one and and that's it. It costs too much money and it's not worth it. Well, you know, it, it wasn't, it's not the money for me per se. It's just, I have no interest in spending that kind of money on that kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, you might have more of an interest if we didn't have such access to the bands. True. But again, I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, for the fact that I went on the kiss cruise last October, you know, basically it was kind of sprung on me like six weeks in advance. Right. And, you know, I was glad to go because I was asked to attend and I did. And, but, you know, everything was covered. My flights were covered. My hotel was covered. The cruise was covered. Everything was, I didn't spend a goddamn penny out of my pocket for that. Not a best way, not a dime. And I went and it was interesting. It was weird. It was fun. I bet CMS fans, I made connections with people I hadn't seen in a while uh, met Paul Stanley, uh, met Tom Zutat, got to be kind of friendly with him. Sure. You know, which to me of the whole cruise, that was the, that was the highlight of my cruise getting to know Tom Zutat. Yeah. Because he just calls me at random periodically. He just calls <laughs> me up and it's like, God damn, this is Tom Zutat. Yeah. It's like, I got a lot of records that have his name in them <laughs> sitting right here behind me. <laughs> But this guy calls me up and just like, yeah. hey, Wendell, it's Tom. I was like, yeah, I know, Tom. Your name came up on my phone. Oh, cool. <laughs> is that new technology? <laughs> it's like, holy shit, this is Tom Zutat. <laughs> you know, to me, as you and I and yeah. in general who are fans of music, mm-hmm. you know, to, to have your phone ring and it's Tom Zutat calling you. Just to go, hey, dude, how's it going? I'm just checking in with you, seeing how things are. Oh, shit, what's this guy's talking to me? Yeah. Dude, I don't care who it is. If they've had success and they're calling me, I still get that weird. I know. Always do. Trust, trust me, I get it. I, I mean, if Don calls me or like G.O.L.E. texting me last yeah, night. I know. It's there's, like, uh, there's a guy I wish you'd get an ID, at least for the show, or we can. Oh, Johnny? Yeah. Well, as soon as he's ever back in the States, I'll get one. <laughs> or have him on the show. One well, we can have him on the show, too. I mean, he will come on. He'll do it. His problem is, you know what his problem is with doing our show? He's another one like we talked about in the first hour of the show. When he's not on tour, he's going to bed at fucking 830. Right. He tells me all the time, I can't do late. I can't. <laughs> you know, I can't be able because I, I had him on Chris Aiken Presents once. I had to have him on right at 8 o'clock. Right. Because he's like, I can't be up late. Can't do that nine o'clock thing. It's like, holy shit, dude, really? You're a fucking rock star. You know, but 
I'll catch him, dude. When he gets back, we'll we'll get him on. Right. There's yeah, no problem with that. The same thing, and you know, I know your your friend Dave Landau works and all that, and he does his same yeah. stand up and shit. But there's another guy I'd like to have on the show. Yeah. Well, you know his story. The the big the big hang up with Dave is that we're on when he's working. Yeah, I get it. That's the hardest part with him. But, you know, if that could ever happen, I'd like to have that happen. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, so so people like that. It's just like it'd be kind of cool if if it could if it could possibly happen. Yeah. I mean, we might have to pre-tape something with Dave, but we could do that. Oh, my God. A pre-recorded video interview. Fuck that, man. Tuning out for that 45 minutes to an hour. Fuck that. Shit. If that was already talked about and it's not live, screw it, man. I can't throw a comment in and fuck you. (laughs) So funny. People stink. (laughs) Jim. All right, Jim. I love you to death, but sometimes you're a fucking idiot. Who's Tom Zutat? Are you fucking kidding me? Jim claims to be a music fan. A little band you might have heard of. Guns N' Roses? Motley Crue? Yeah, you heard of them? Tesla? Yeah, I mean... Ever heard of any of those bands? Yeah, I know it's not Deep Purple or Deep Purple or maybe Deep Purple, but Tom is a pretty big name. (laughs) He kind of, like, made the 80s as far as, like, yeah. Hard rock and metal was concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, dude, look him up. Z-U-T was A-U-T? Z-U-T-A-U-T? Or U-A-T? What? Yeah, it's Tom Zutat. It's A-U-T. Z-U-T-A-U-T. Yeah. Right. Look him up. He's got a pretty decent resume, dude. <laughs> Damn. He's worked with a band or two. <laughs> he's He's... he's signed all these bands he, yeah. he he discovered them and signed them yeah well and meanwhile if we t- if we said the same thing but we said hey you know chris lord algae's calling us J- jacko couldn't get his dick in his hand fast enough to start pumping it because that guy worked with the purple man shot it just because you don't know doesn't mean that they're insignificant stop it we got andy johns on the phone from the grave now that would be a get. Now that would be a real get. Haunting us tonight, it's Andy Johns. Yeah, he worked with Zeppelin, man. Yeah, I think I've heard of them. Didn't they open for Purple? His low point is he worked with L.A. Guns. He worked yeah. with them on their records. Man, how could you tarnish your legacy by working with L.A. Guns, especially when you worked with Zeppelin, man? Yeah, man. Stop it. <laughs> Holy smokes. Just stop. <laughs> damn. I mean, I, I, I'm not the biggest producer follower guy, but I'm certainly aware of Tom Zutat or A&R guys. I mean, I'm not, I, I know who that guy is though. He's a, he's a fairly large name. Yeah, he, he, you know, if, if you own anything from the eighties, his name is probably on it somewhere. Yeah. Dude, what's going on with uh what's that guy's name again? Um David Geffen? You heard of him? <laughs> Who? 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 Did he work with David Coverdale? <laughs> he must be good then. 
David Geffen has done really well for being a fag. Hey, hey, language. We're on YouTube. I know. I forgot. The YouTube people. Look at all the YouTube people scurrying from that word. (laughs) They're like, wait a minute. You just made this not a safe space. (laughs) I guess I won't be on threads anytime soon. This is unsafe. (laughs) You said a word that we can't hear here. (laughs) Again, I guess I won't be on threads anytime soon. Oh, my God, Neely. We can't be on threads. We can't be on YouTube because you said a word. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. It's dumbest shit ever. I know. But I, I did enjoy that David Geffen uh, documentary. I'm sure you saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was real good. Yeah. What was I? Wa- I was watching a doc. Oh, um. There's a doc out there. I'll have to get the name, and I'll put it in the locals page for people to see. Um, it was. Uh, it's made by some guy. It's. It's definitely not like a professionally done documentary, but it might have been the best Metallica Megadeth documentary I've ever seen. Oh, really? Kind of independently done. And, and the guy doesn't even talk. He just collected interviews. Okay, so he did a compilation type thing. But it's from all of the eras all right so he kind of tells the story of metallica and megadeth and their problems with each other sure through their own words all the way from from the beginning like there's actually interviews from 1980 like one and two okay with like mcgovney and mustaine and stuff all the way up until like the 30th anniversary and the and the big four of them getting back, and he—it's so. So it's sort of a progression type thing. It is, yeah. But I learned more from this documentary than I have any of the other four hundred documentaries on Metallica and Megadeth that I've that I've ever learned. It was spectacular. I I, I will put it in. I'm not going to go looking for it now and derail, derail the show. But there's some really good. There's people doing a lot of good work out there. It's too well, bad they put it on YouTube. Well, again, this is kind of the running theme tonight is that mm-hmm. uh, technology has allowed people, independent people, to put together some pretty decent content. Yeah, it has. And this was good. I, I just couldn't believe that there was interviews from 83, 84, 85. So somehow you know? he, he was able to dig up these archives and, yeah, you know, use them. Mm-hmm. I was stunned. Very good. So good stuff, but. I, I, I like the fact that uh, when, you know, when I see a documentary, because, you know, you and I are both big documentary people, whether mm-hmm. it's history or politics or sure. social or uh, what do you want to call it, pop culture? Pop culture, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Whatever. And I'm always surprised at uh, the the footage right. that's dug up. And it's just like, where did this come from? Yeah. this is just like so random you know Mm -hmm. i mean you you watch these documentaries and you see this footage and there's really nothing what do you want to call spectacular about the the event or whatever it is that's captured on film right and you gotta go why was somebody filming this Mm -hmm. yeah it's like why does this even exist right What, what what who thought wait a minute let me flip on the camera and let's let's film this. And it's and it's really some of the stuff is just really unspectacular. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to see. 
but nothing eventful is really happening there, but somehow it's on video. Yeah. It's like, yeah. where did that come from? And why does this even exist? Yeah. It makes no sense sometimes that this stuff just appears out of nowhere, but, um, it definitely does, which is, it's just crazy how it, how, you know, well, it's like this Metallica stuff. Who the fuck was watching in 1982 thinking, yeah, these guys are going to be huge to be shooting this kind of video. That's my point. It's yeah. Like, well, who had a camera? Why did you have a camera? Mm -hmm. And why were you filming? What were you catching or documenting or at what point did you just, okay, guys, just be yourself. I'm just going to, I got this eight millimeter camera and I'm just going to. Yeah. I got this big, stupid camera here tonight. And I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to run film for whatever reason. And I'm just going to, and then not only after that, 40 years later, somehow this is unarchived. Yeah. Well, where was it? Who mm -hmm. had it? How did you know it existed? Right. How did you, how did you grab this video from whomever had it? Right. And why did you even know it was around to begin with? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, that, that to me, that's exhaustive. Mm-hmm. To go, hey, I'm kind of like looking for random footage of Metallica in their infancy before they were really gelled as a band and. Does anybody have any of that video? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's some right here. Yeah, here. I got a can or two of video here. I'm not sure what's on it, but there might yeah. be something worthwhile here. And Yeah, it says Metallica on it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, it's just bizarre to me because in your experience with dealing with people, mm -hmm. have you just run a, across just random video shit? Never. No. Not at all. I don't have a video camera. I don't have a projector. I don't have any way of viewing that. Nobody's ever approached me and said, hey, you want to see this video that I found in a closet somewhere? Yeah, exactly. It, that's never happened. Mm -hmm. So how does this become a thing? Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that strange? It is. It's very weird. Yeah. So that that's what always you know the documentaries are great in themselves, but what fascinates me is where does this footage come from? Mm -hmm. Where did it come from? Yeah, and why was somebody filming this to begin with? That's yeah. the weirdest thing, especially when video filming, documenting, whatever you want to call it, right? Wasn't really a, a thing like picking up your iPhone and just hit and record. You actually had to have tape. Yeah. You had to have a camera and you had to get it processed and you had to, it, you, there was, there were so many steps to mm -hmm. having film footage. Yeah. And somebody did it and they had it and they processed it and they had it archived and it was in a closet or in a drawer somewhere and somehow it just resurfaced right that's what's most fascinating to me yeah it is stunning and especially you know we're talking the 80s but you know you and i both like the like the kennedy stuff and mm -hmm. the world war ii stuff and 
I mean, that's really in its infancy. Sure. But somehow this footage and this film and this, this stuff exists. Yeah. And it's just like, who was doing this? I blame Abraham Sapruder for all of this. <laughs> Is that right? If it wasn't for him and his corny fucking Kennedy's head blown off video, we'd be, we wouldn't be having this discussion today. Yeah. yeah but again, I, I, I get the fact that, well, I bought this, uh, you know, eight millimeter camera at the, at the local, you know, camera store and I, mm -hmm. president is coming to town and I'm going to document it. I get that part. Yeah. But how about just the random stuff? Mm -hmm. that, that's weird to me. Yeah. You know, especially like the documentaries of like Jim Jones prior to the Jonestown massacre type thing. They're, they, they were showing documentaries uh, prior to him leaving to go form Jonestown in Guyana mm -hmm. like and preaching in Indiana. Yeah, in the fifties or whatever in Indianapolis at some small church. Right. It's like, why were you making a video of a church service? <laughs> what was the purpose of that? Yeah. And where has this, where has this footage been for the last 60 years? Right. Where's it been? In a box. <laughs> that's, that's the weirdest goddamn thing. Yep. I agree. And how many people do you personally know in your life? Who owned a video camera and was out there shooting video? Well, see, that's where me and you are different. Because right. Well, again, I'm asking you the question. I mean. In the 80s, I always had a video well, camera. Well, how about the 60s? 60s? Not, well, I, I don't know about the 60s. I, I mean, I was born in 68, so I really don't have a lot of knowledge there. But How about the 70s? As 70s? I know I, I can only speak on on the people that were around me. Yeah. But like my grandparents, my grandfather, he always had a fucking Super 8. And he was uh, just randomly just running tape? Always. Like whenever we would come to visit or whenever he would come down here to visit. Yeah. There is so much Super 8 video of me playing baseball when I'm eight years old or whatever. Or, right, or, or hanging out at the... 1976 bicentennial parade or and so so he was on the sidelines yeah really he was he All he right. and my grandmother both were you know and i don't know if he was really using that because he was finger banging my grandmother and he wanted <laughs> video of it or not but now now was this silent or was there silent sound? yeah it yeah was silent so, but, but how about the ones with sound yeah i don't know where they got those from those were expensive yeah i know that's what i'm saying that's pretty remarkable for just somebody just randomly running video mm -hmm. especially with sound yeah it's like why why were you doing this mm -hmm. no i agree yeah i don't know i don't know how they had all that stuff but they do if you ask eric he would tell you he'd be like Dude, it's all a conspiracy. It's all been made after the fact, and none of it's real. No, that's not true. It's it, true, man. It's just, it's remarkable to me. And yeah. it, that's what I, you know, aside from the content of the documentary, that's what I take away from these type of things. It's just like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, you know, if you, you ever watch, like, History Channel or something like that. Yeah. where Where they've got all this you know, video of Hitler mm -hmm. uh, 
but not being Hitler. You know, yeah, not, being some guy at a fucking dance or something in 1919 or whatever. Exactly. It's yeah. just like, why were you filming this guy? Yeah. It, it was, see, see, this is where I go. And if you want to get into the whole Eric conspiracy thing, mm-hmm. are these people preordained to be something? So that's why this video exists. You know what I well, mean? It's almost predetermined that somewhere, yeah. somehow, some way down the road that these people, whether it's uh, for nefarious reasons or for the, let's take Metallica. Obviously, that's not a nefarious thing, but obviously they blew up to be the biggest band in the world. Yeah. That somehow this exists because it was already predetermined that these guys were going to be big and it had to exist because we need that footage for later on down the road. You right. See, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know how to express it correctly. No, you're, you're, you're on it. I'm, I'm trying to reach Eric right now. If he's still awake to call us, but because he, he played tonight, so he might be up. All right. if, he's, if he's up, I'll have him call us and he'll explain it to you. All right. But he'll, he'll tell you straight out that, well, you know, somewhere down the line, he was, he must've been a Mason or attached to the Masons. And, you know, obviously his handler worked for the Bilderberg group or what, you know, I mean, well, well, let's, let's go back to Jim Jones again. Sure. You know, prior to Jonestown, Jim Jones, uh, was a preacher in Indianapolis, I believe. Right. And, uh, somehow there was some, a lot of footage And then, you know, in 79, when this whole Jonestown massacre thing happened, Mm -hmm. um, they dug out all this footage. It's like, why did you film this guy? Yeah, there's all kinds of footage. It's like you didn't film the guy at the next church. You filmed this guy. Well, we don't know that, though. That's true, too. I agree with you there. We don't know that. You know, there might be footage of all these fucking religious kooks. But 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 the point is is that for some reason there's a lot of old footage yeah leading up to this whole thing mm-hmm. and it's like well why is there that much footage yeah it's weird I know it's all weird and let's put this up might as well get us banned James Files was the grassy knoll shooter well I you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that. You think James Files was the guy? Yes, I do. Okay. Have you ever seen his? Thing? I've watched this documentary and his interview. I, I'm going to agree with him. He, what is this? I mean, again, everybody wants to be notorious and the guy is in jail and he's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have, had a pretty checkered past and, you know, various reasons. But the way the guy talks, he's, he does this as if it happened yesterday. Yeah. The way he talks about it is he talks about it like it happened yesterday. Right. And the way he recounts what he says was his personal experience. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to believe the guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's 100%, but from what I've seen, the whole James Files thing, this guy just talks about this with no blinking of the eye he doesn't sit there and have to try to recall incidences 
he just freeforms this stream of consciousness and tells you as if you're looking through a viewfinder through eyes as if you were there and it happened in front of you. Right. And I, when I saw his stuff, I was just like, I don't have any doubt that this is the guy. Yeah. I watched it. I just was like, a lot of his stuff is very convenient. It's kind of like, do you ever watch the interviews of a different topic, obviously, but do you ever watch the interviews of, um, Richard Kuklinski, the ice, the ice man. Yes. When he tells his story, it is super duper believable. I agree. But then when you start hearing from everybody else, they're like, I never even heard of this fucking guy. You know, I asked Francis that if anybody would know, that's a guy that would know. Sure. And he said, said, yeah, I heard of him, but he was no fucking mass killer guy. And then there were points that they've proven that he wasn't where he said he was. And, you know, so it's like, you know, scumbags are scumbags. They lie. And that's, that's where you, and, and honestly, that's what makes conspiracy theories fun. Well, I, I agree. And again, because, I, I don't know that James Files is is credible. Yeah, and that's but, it. But, we don't know. He's, but, but from the way he described it about where he was and he flew into the Dallas area and he was mm-hmm. picked up by this guy and he was stayed at this place and what type of gun he had. He had the little cannonball mm-hmm. and he was told he was the last defense, you know, if everybody else missed and he was stationed, you know, at the grassy knoll and, you know, how he turned his jacket inside out and just kind of walked through the, the uh, rail yard, you know, back. And yeah. I've been there. I've been there. I put a CMS shirt on. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I took a CMS shirt and I put it on the X where Kennedy was assassinated. So great. <laughs> it was kind of funny because I, I was in Dallas and I went, I went to uh, uh, Dealey Plaza. Mm-hmm. And I had a CMS shirt and you know, that that's an active road. Yeah. And I went to the, I went to the, uh, the, the book depository, which is a museum now. Right. And I went up and I saw, you know, you, you can't actually look out the actual window where supposedly, uh, Oswald shot from. Yeah. They got that all boxed off, but it you glassed off, right? Like you can, you can sort of see it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's all boxed off in plexiglass. Right. But you can't actually go to the window. You can right. go to the window next to it, but you can't actually go to the actual window. Mm-hmm. And I went there and went to the museum and looked at all the shit and yada, yada, yada. And I went down on the street and I had a CMS shirt. I thought, how funny would this be? If I put a CMS shirt up on the picket fence on the grassy knoll, which I did, I got pictures of that. Yeah. And then, I, then I went down and they got two X's that are spray painted on the street where the first and second bullet hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went out there and I laid a CMS shirt right on top of the X and took a picture of it. And there were other people who were obviously there to see the same thing I was. And while I was out there in the middle of the street, because like I said, this is an active street. So cars are coming down there. <laughs> they actually walked out in the street and stopped the cars. So, yeah. I get my, so I could get the picture of the CMS shirt <laughs> laying on the X. <laughs> on right. The Too it's funny. Just, but 
but again, getting back to the whole weird feeling, mm-hmm. you know, here it is 50 years later and I'm at this Dealey Plaza and right here where this all shit happened and you yeah. see, see tons of it on documentaries and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, holy shit, I just put the CMS shirt where Kennedy got where, his. Yeah, before. where Kennedy's head blew apart. <laughs> and I put the C- I hung the CMS shirt on the picket fence where James Files took a shot. At. Yeah, exactly. He put this skull that <laughs> says, fuck you, pal, on it on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a whole weird thing, too. You know? Yeah, it is. Because they, they haven't changed a whole lot. No. Since 63. You know, they haven't changed the plaza. Most of everything there is exactly the same. They haven't really, you know, done any improvements. They kind right. of served it because obviously it was a world event. Right. That would, that kind of like was, uh, hasn't been repeated. Yeah. I mean, they haven't even took down the fence and changed the fence. Nothing. It's all the same. I mean, they probably replace some slats or something, but right. they're keeping it looking the same. It is. <clears throat> You know, so, it's crazy. So to be there and and be on the same footage, but then when I saw the whole James Files thing and, and listened to his story, and again, I was just like, wow, that's pretty goddamn convincing. Yeah. I mean, he's he, he definitely tells a story. I just... He's, he's a low-level criminal that no one would suspect. But why would they why would they let him talk? Why wouldn't they take him out in prison? He's been in prison most of his life. Yeah, or, he, you know, for for car theft and yeah. car hackings and various other things, but he had a lot of names, man. He he knew this guy and that guy and mm-hmm. you know, he was he was he was just a low-level soldier more or less uh in the mafia. Yeah. Here here's a question. You mentioned Francis Reckon's mob CIA were responsible. Did you say that? We didn't say it. He said it. He said it. He told us that. He said it in his in his um, talk. Yeah. And he described it. And he said, he said uh, you know, <sighs> Marilyn Monroe was taken out as well. It wasn't yeah. an overdose. It was, they, they took her out because she was, yeah. she was a, she was a hindrance or a problem. Mm-hmm. She was becoming a problem. Yeah, it was a mob overdose. <laughs> Dude, I know it's been a couple weeks now, but that still is one of the most fun things I've done in my life. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's I mean, because it's from a historic context, it, because there's, you know, people have a lot of interest in the whole mob thing mm-hmm. and it's shaped shaped this country and it's shaped uh, a lot of the way we do things and why there are certain laws in place and why there are certain you know I don't know it's it's a it's a life that you know obviously most people don't experience yeah and this guy tells it firsthand yeah and, and convincingly so and and you know I for the I guess he risks his life by doing this. I mean, obviously the mob isn't as powerful as they used to be. Yeah. But still somebody might have a grudge and this guy might take a bullet somewhere down the road. Well, there was no risk two weeks ago when I was on the job. You were on the job. That's right. (laughs) My charge came in and out without incident. Right. I did my job. If anything happens from here on out, not on it's not on my shoulders pal no i secured i secured a uh, mob guy i'm a mob enforcer now exactly damn straight
Yeah. You're a, you're, you're a, you're a, uh, what do you want to call it? Experienced street soldier now. That's right. I'm trying, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a low level capo. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Not all the way up there yet, but I'm a low level <laughs> capo in training. Right. Yeah, it's pretty good though, but, uh, <laughs>